It's a chilly winter evening in South India. A 12-year-old me is out shopping with my mom. This is our weekly ritual. We take an auto rickshaw to the nearest shopping complex, run a few errands, do some small talk with the merchants, and then spend the rest of our evening exploring the area. This evening, we notice a brand new multi-storied fashion retailer outlet with shiny new windows that exhibit the most gorgeous outfits ever. There are mannequins wearing chiffon frocks in pastel shades, trendy blue jeans and jackets, kagra cholis with lavish embroidery, and skirts with patterns and polka dots. My eyes are instantly drawn to that one red kagra with golden beads. It's simple yet elegant. I can totally picture myself wearing this and there's no option but to buy this beauty. But here's the problem. It's not my birthday anytime soon and there are no festivals coming up. Even while I try pleading with mom, I just know there's no reason for mom to buy this. We go back home and I can't stop thinking about this gagra. But guess what? By a wild stroke of luck, I got my first period within the next week. And voila, my mom purchased the gagra for me. The naive 12-year-old in me actually thought that getting my period was the best thing that ever happened in my life. Little did I know what monthly ordeals were in store for the rest of my adulthood. Hey, hello, vandanam, namaste, namaskara and welcome to the Adulting Detox with Anna and Shree. This is a podcast where two childhood besties take a break from full-time adulting to reconnect and reflect on their respective life stories. Today we're going to take a break from adulting to talk about clothing. So we're just going to reflect on our experiences and the influences that go behind our clothing choices and we want to see where this conversation goes. So Shri I know that your family has a legacy of being associated with textiles and clothing. Do you want to tell the listeners a little bit about that? So yeah, my family has been associated with uh, the textile industries. I think uh, for the last uh, two or three generations, I can recall my dad saying that his grandfather um, used to go back and forth to Burma and South India. and basically that time i think burma was still a part of india so he used to get on a ship and you know travel for weeks or maybe months together and uh, you know check out the different type of fabrics available there um i think uh, my dad's grandma used to pull the family along until then initially it was the hand looms and then they moved on to you know power generated uh, machines that used to create towels or the dhotis or veshtis later my dad was the first person to uh, graduate from the family interestingly he also was part of different uh, institutions like the national institute of uh, fashion technology for quite some time so we've been associated with the textiles quite a long time right now Wow. All of that influence must have shaped your fashion choices, right? Yes, yes. Since dad has been part of the fashion industry, his choice of uh, picking up a fabric and feeling its texture and choosing the comfort that the cloth would provide over anything else in spite of him being in such an industry where everything is moving at such a fast pace he still chooses the old methods of comfort over anything else 
and i think even today i do the same by picking a cloth that that is more comfortable for me or even my son for any occasion yeah from what i've observed the idea of comfort itself is based a lot on our conditioning and the kind of experiences we have right for example when i moved to canada the idea of comfort associated with clothing is got to do more with what kind of fabric can shield us from the harsh winters and can provide us adequate insulation from the cold comfort sometimes could also mean what kind of clothing makes you feel good in your own skin you know how it affects your personality and your self expression so i'm just curious what your idea of comfort in clothing really is yeah like you said i think uh, it has a lot to do with the material and uh, probably the weather uh, it isn't really necessary to wear like uh, super heavy clothes with a lot of uh, designs or you know with a lot of heavy work on a summer day to attend a wedding there is always some glorification for saree on its own a lot of people are forced to wear maybe after marriage or once you have the baby you are not allowed to wear jeans or shorts anymore you know after having a baby it is like you are supposed to look like a mother i don't know what that means when somebody chooses a western clothes or wears a jeans you know they easily call her a rebel people just easily put them down by saying aren't you too old to dress up like this and there is this whole stereotyping you know associated with that kind of clothing yeah 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 absolutely what this makes me think about is just how much policing is done in the name of clothing especially on women right like you said the expectation that you cannot wear jeans or dress up a certain way after you become a mother or after you get married it's baked into the idea of how the society or patriarchal families expect women to behave everything right from how we speak to how we dress to what we wear or whom we interact with is expected to happen according to a way that conforms with what everyone is already doing and i totally see how policing clothing choices is just one of the many ways in which women are policed in our society yeah and uh, did you get to hear comments by one of the chief ministers in an indian state who quoted that mothers should not wear ripped jeans what kind of values is she passing on to her child when she is wearing ripped jeans what does ripped jeans have to do with motherhood what does it have to do with anyone's character they are you know point blank assassinating the women's character just by the way she dresses and there is always this notion that different types of clothes are inviting sexually or you know there is always a sense of blaming completely on the women irrespective of what the society is no absolutely i haven't heard about the statement but it doesn't surprise me every single time there's a sexual assault or any other heinous crime against women women are victim blamed based on their clothing i'm actually interested in unpacking what goes behind that kind of thinking this idea that women who wear western clothes have a compromised moral character it's actually fascinating to think about why that idea must have come about i think it goes down to how we internalized a certain kind of insecurity or an inferiority because probably when we were still a colonial country our culture and our traditions was not respected as much and i feel like judging westerners for dressing scantily is almost a defense mechanism because of the kind of trauma that colonial subjects must have felt policing others clothing choices or deciding who should wear what kind of clothes is also probably embedded in how the caste system operates in our country we know that at least until a few centuries ago 
the brahmins in the society would dress very distinctly from the working classes or working castes i have also read about accounts of how women from oppressed castes i think this was in kerala were not even allowed to cover up the upper part of their bodies probably it's a remnant of that mindset now when we see these ignorant old men coming from upper class and upper castes of the society judging others and not even realizing how toxic that behavior is can totally agree with that again there is no space for a child to forget about grown ups a boy child if he chooses to wear a skirt or a frock he is just ridiculed at that point there itself for when he chooses to wear something pink they're like girls are the ones who are supposed to wear pink why are you wearing it is so toxic to that end where it doesn't even make any sense right Yeah I can only imagine how suffocating it must be for people who don't want to conform to that idea of gender and clothing to be forced to occupy that kind of a rigid conformity yeah and who can wear what wear also so once you are in a small town there is always restrictions that the relatives will judge how you look so you have to be dressed completely when you are going out however when you are go- going back to study or when you are going back to work in a city or in a metropolitan you have the option to wear whatever you want and nobody is going to judge you so there is that whole aspect of dressing differently in different places that's very relatable because growing up every time i would visit my native village i would have to wear chudidars lehengas i wouldn't be allowed to wear jeans i was once traveling to my native village and usually i travel with both my parents but this time it was just my mom and i because it was an overnight journey it would get really cold and i would always wear sweaters um so this particular time i woke up in the middle of the night to see a man's hand inside my clothes and i was very young i didn't even know what that was but i knew it was very bad i froze i did not know what was going on he was sitting behind me so when he saw that i was awake he immediately took back his hand and pretended like he was asleep i was so confused and i woke my mom up and i told her what happened and my mom she basically told i should have given you a shawl it's, it's my fault that you went to sleep without a shawl like over your sweater that too I didn't realize this back then but I am very sure right now that even if I had had 10 layers of clothes on my body that man would have found a way to reach my skin another thing that really confused me back then was that my mom did not have the like she, she wasn't able to confront that man for what he had done like I think as a mother her instinct was to protect me and confronting him was not really an option for her i know that this is a very common experience and i remember even wondering what was wrong with me and my clothing when this happened this incident shows that instead of directly calling out the man who was the person who did everything wrong in that particular point but we have this tendency to blame ourselves or you know check all the things that we might have done wrong exactly Okay, let's change the direction a little bit and move to another lighter topic. As a parent, what have your experiences been when it comes to clothing? Yeah, 
considering once there is this whole separation of the boy section and the girl section where the boys have limited choices to an extent but i think now it's improving with all the kurtas and all that coming in i think for one of the functions in our family the last time he had picked out a dark pink kurta okay i was okay with whatever he chose and 10 out of the 12 people were like why are you wearing a girl stuff to him then he was like no it is mine he didn't even understand you know what that question probably meant it was so non gendered and it was just dark pink in color with blue collar i don't know if if they got that idea from the way the cloth was stitched or maybe just because of the color i don't know yeah i feel like our society has a long way to go before we degender the idea of clothing i remember a conversation i had with a friend once about how women should not say they don't have equality because they actually have more and his logic was that women can wear pants and shirts anything that a man wears a woman can wear whereas a man cannot wear what a woman does back then i was not able to articulate why i did not agree with that I think there are two things to deconstruct over there. One, we've associated wearing pants and suits with independence, power and some sort of higher status. I think if anything we should question more why the option to wear feminine clothes is not available for everyone in the society. When you think about it there's actually so much that we don't even realize we've associated with a heteronormative idea of masculinity and femininity. I think if I had one big problem with the fashion industry it would be that that it enforces and it actually makes more money off of that false idea that men should dress a certain way and women should dress a certain way. Yeah like that incident I was sharing with the same social gathering if there was a girl wearing a jeans or a t-shirt or or a shirt for that matter it wouldn't have mattered like you said again it's women empowerment if we choose to wear western clothes. But again, when a boy chooses something that is even a teeny bit that is considered feminine, he is put down as very weak or fragile and what not. Yeah. Since I've moved to Canada, I've seen a lot more gender non-conforming folks being so open with expressing themselves with very very different clothing choices. Initially, it would take me a minute to like take in what I was seeing, but now I've really come to love it. For example, yesterday I got into a bus on my way to work. There was this person who was wearing a button-up shirt and nicely ironed cargo trousers. That person was also wearing this gold chain with a big dollar that we would wear with a sari. You could not put that clothing in a box whether it was a male clothing or female clothing. And it just was such a fresh take on what are the different options out there to explore. It really brought a smile to my face. Yeah. if it was a bunch of years before i think i would have frowned upon the taste or the choice of dressing by the person you just described but i think today i am proud to have grown to that place where uh, i had a smile on my face while you were just talking about your experience let us all learn to open up a little more about clothing perspectives and try to not be ashamed of what we wear or try to not victim blame and yeah Let us see how we can grow. Oh yes, it was really nice having this conversation with you. So let's wrap it up and move into our next segment. Mirror, mirror on the wall. 
Welcome to this segment where Shri and I meander through the timelines of our lives and write a letter each to the present, past or future version of oneself. Shri, who are you writing to today? This is a letter from past or a future self to the present. Hey Shri, I just heard that you are way more confident in what you are wearing than before. Your wardrobe has definitely expanded from salwars and homeware to skirts, jeans and shorts and everything. I love the confidence with which you go for a walk even with your legs unshaved. This shows the confidence you have over your skin and the happy realization that there's nothing to be afraid of at all. You know, you're just having your hormones working, right? I'm happy to see that you're less clumsy every time you're trying something new. You're exploring different colors that you didn't even dare to go near to. I'm also glad that you're experimenting, you know, way to go girl. And also remember that the next time anyone comments on your sari draping skills, just smile and move on. It's definitely not worth mopping about. You can learn it someday, you know, or maybe not. It's going to be okay. Wow, I love that. Uh, I'm writing this letter from the present to my past. Dear 16-year-old Anna, I remember how you loved shopping for long-sleeved kurtas with matching leggings and a unique pair of earrings with every set of clothes you owned. I also remember how you looked forward to wearing traditional clothes for family gatherings. Well, I'm here from the future to reveal some secrets. In the next few years, you'll be moving to another country where you will have the free reign to wear whatever you want. No one will ogle at you if you walk out wearing a short skirt or sleeveless clothes. Now, here's the bad news. The city you move to will be so cold that forget about skirts and sleeveless clothes. You can't step out without wearing four layers covering every part of your body for at least 8 months in a year. But hey, you're going to love this weather, trust me. Also, please stop worrying about your hairy legs and armpits. It's fine. And girl, you have to try not wearing a bra at least at home. Let those poor titties breathe. Modesty is not a virtue and your choice of clothes is no reason for anyone to harass you. Hang in there and here's a tight hug for all the toxic messaging that you have to deal with. Lots of love, Anna from the year 2021. And now we've arrived at the final segment of this episode. Here, Shri and I will give some recommendations for all you listeners to check out based on the theme that we just discussed. Shri, would you like to share your recommendations first? So, today I have a couple of recommendations and the first one is a children's book named Pink and Blue by Ritu Vaishnav. So, this is a children's book that can be a conversation starter for parents, caregivers, to the little ones about gender stereotyping in general. Girls can wear anything and boys can wear the pinks too. Such books actually help kids to question these meaningless notions and helps to shape their thinking better. It is a great book for uh, adults to initiate this very important discussion. 
So my second recommendation is a portal called fibertofashion.com. So this is a website where uh, you can check a lot of uh, textile or apparel news and articles that are informative as well as there are a lot of market reports covering you know different topics from the clothing industry. So if you think you are interested in something like this check it out yeah. Um my first recommendation is uh, an article titled Neri Oxman's Wearable Structures for Interplanetary Voyages. Just as the title suggests, this article takes a fascinating look at what kind of clothing is suitable for long space voyages. So Neri Oxman is a design scientist at MIT and she seamlessly combines design with engineering and synthetic biology. And in this project, she has developed 3D printed structures embedded with microorganisms that can provide oxygen and other nutrients to help astronauts navigate hostile environments in different planets the best part is that these structures are inspired by nature and can be worn like a second skin i just love how her work pushes the boundaries of what is possible to achieve if only we observe and mimic the patterns in nature do check out the article we're putting the link in the episode notes My second description is also about a futuristic vision. It's a YouTube video titled Fashion's Genderless Future. This is a talk by Alok Ved Menon, who is a gender non-conforming artist who uses the pronouns they and them. In this talk, Alok is so eloquent about their own journey and experiences outside the gender binary and how they have chosen to create their own fashion line that can potentially redefine the industry's genderless future. I highly recommend that everyone check out the talk and we'll put that link as well in the episode notes. With that, we've come to the end of this episode. Thank you so much for staying with us. Please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast. We're available on Spotify, Stitcher, Anchor or anywhere else you get your podcast. Please do consider following us on Facebook or Instagram. This episode was recorded and produced by us Anna and Shri. The intro music is Cape West by Julius H and the theme music is Reverie by the artist Ghost. That's it from us. Take care and see you soon.